0: Welcome back to wrestling changed my life. This episode is brought to you by athletic greens Athletic greens is your all-in-one nutritional insurance policy It covers you for your daily allotment of vitamins minerals and micronutrients And the way I take it is I take a big glass of water a bunch of ice cubes one scoop of athletic greens Stir it up slam it down. It tastes delicious And you can feel good about yourself in the process Athletic Greens is now offering listeners of this podcast a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. So gracious of them. Athleticgreens.com slash WCML, one-year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs. Go to athleticgreens.com slash WCML.
1: When wrestling came into my life, it really, I just fell in love. It's just like you fell in love with a girl for the first time. Y'all, you could think about it day and night, day and night. I could not get enough of it. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would
2: say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't.
1: Adversity, 100% how to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestle, natural talent helps, but
0: it's it's, 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and
1: effort. It humbled me, taught me humility.
0: Nothing can humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning
1: to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, that's good wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the great Angel Cejudo, four-time undefeated Arizona State champ, multiple-time national champ on the freestyle scene, and as a freshman in college, Angel skipped college altogether and went to the OTC as did his younger brother Henry, and that was the start of Henry's rise, ultimately to becoming Olympic champion. So this conversation... Goes into a lot of Angel's backstory as well as what he's doing now at Valiant Prep, which is a prep school specifically for wrestlers in the Phoenix area. An amazing story of what these guys are doing at Valiant Prep. Eric Larkin, former NCAA champ at Arizona State and a former guest in this podcast, is heavily involved there. And Angel is the head wrestling coach at Valiant Prep. So sit back and enjoy this one, folks. Fan of the week goes to our friend Doug Scott from Bettendorf, Iowa. Supported the podcast through a t-shirt purchase. He bought the I Love Wrestling t-shirt from our online store. You can as well at store.wrestlingchangedmylife.com. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for the great Angel
1: Sahudo.
0: Angel Sahudo, welcome to the podcast, my friend.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's so good to have you, man. An Arizona legend, and now you're working with the great Eric Larkin, who you call the, the golden boy of Arizona at Valiant Prep. I think it's just the coolest thing I've ever heard of. It's a school only for wrestlers. And you're the head wrestling coach, and two of your guys just made the world team, one of my favorite up-and-comers, Kyler Larkin. Give us your thoughts on that tournament, man, how the guys did.
1: You know, I, I thought we wrestled really, really well. Uh, we were at a tournament two weeks prior. And uh we didn't do so good, but that was the beauty that we made the adjustments by the time we got there. Uh, I think overall we wrestled good as a team. We cleaned up a couple of holes that we needed to do. And I thought Kyler wrestled phenomenal, and I thought uh, Christian Castillo wrestled uh good. I also call him Chicken Hawk, that's his nickname.
2: It's <laughs> amazing.
1: And the whole team, Derek Wanamato wrestled very well. So overall, I think uh I think they're also
0: good. So your height, so like when you look at the team, the Valiant Prep team, it's a, it's a private school and you guys don't compete in like the Arizona States because of the fact that you're in a prep school, so to speak. So is, do you have a schedule that goes kind of year round and are you guys training for all these events together?
1: Yeah. So most of it would come either before or after the season. And uh, we're going to change things up this, this coming, this following year. But for the most part, we we train uh, throughout the year. It's a year-round program, but most of our competition will either come before or after. So, like I uh, this year we'll change it up because from November to about February, we have no competition. And I think in order to be successful, you have to be able to compete. So, I, and I don't I don't believe in having hundred matches, but if we can get at least fifteen to Maybe max 20, I think we'll do okay. So, for the following year, I think we're gonna, you know, finish our season through Fargo or through Fargo, but also through the world team or the world championships in Rome. I'm gonna give them a little break a week, week and a half, and then get back to our folk style because the only tournament we ever get to wrestle in, which is folk style, is Super 32s. Mm. So, we don't get to wrestle very many folk style matches. And it's like having a college wrestler not wrestle throughout the year and go to the NCAAs. So for us, Super 32 is the NCAAs. And I want to make adjustments because we could wrestle. We're known as a freestyle team. We're just as good in folk style. It's just we don't get a chance to prove. So I think uh, this year I talked to Larga and the staff about giving them a, a small break. Usually I give them a month and a half before we get going. but we need at least two left, two competition before we go, and I think we should do better uh, this coming year. Uh, last year, we lost 10 one-point matches, and it really came down to strategy and not having enough competition.
0: Yeah. So you're trying to build in a couple tournaments before Super 32 that are folk style?
1: Yes. Uh, we're looking to do two tournaments before we go. Nice. I think if we have at least two tournaments, we should put a couple in the podium. We
0: need to get you guys up here for a folk style duel with Izzy style. And get oh you. man, we
1: would love that. That would we be, would be amazing. That. Izzy yeah. uh, has been doing a lot of great things in the last couple of years, and he's at the top. And we, we love competition.
0: You guys could shoot up, hit up Askren Academy after that, and then shoot over to Pinnacle and have a little folk style dual season.
1: Wow! Hey, that's like a good idea. Let's
0: do it, baby. Let's do it. I don't know Askren as well, but the Pinnacle guy is unbelievable. Izzy Styles. You know, I'm fr- I'm in Chicago right now, and he's a legend, and he's just the ultimate innovator. So. Uh, Man, there's a lot of good wrestling up here. That'd be a, that'd be a lot of fun.
1: Oh, it sure would. Wow. Yeah, so sure I would. think uh, those are, to me, the top, the top programs. The pinnacle, I would put it at the top with uh, Astrid and Seabo. And, uh, Bro, remember.
0: let's not forget about Sibo. I was going to say we could easily hit Sibo. Ah. That's like a perfect square of wrestling. And just bring the Arizona boys up here for a little folk style grind out dual season. I love it.
1: Oh, that would be awesome. I wish we could do it this year. This is where we have uh, some of our toughest guys we're going to miss out. Uh, we have Amito, you guys are here to Caleb, Mark, and Daniel. They're all top five kids in the country. But you they're going to be, be back care. one
0: more year, right? What's that? They're going to be back for one more year, right? No,
1: they're, they're gone.
0: They're done already. I thought yeah, Tyler was yeah, a, junior. Mostly a
1: junior.
0: Oh, wow. Man, that is uh, that. those are some hammers, but... Dude, that would be that would be fun to do. So, in the in the winter, do you guys do things like shoot over to like Eastern Europe for a couple of junior freestyle tournaments, or what do you guys do? Just train and stay in the room.
1: We we train, stay in the room. We've done a couple college program uh, tournaments. We went to one in Iowa, and we did one at the beginning of the year in Oregon. But I think we're gonna try to find for our, our higher level guys, my juniors and seniors, if there's tournaments so that we can go to that are maybe junior college and AIA level, because I do believe I got to keep my kids at their level and to put them into a Division one tournament would be a little hard. Now, I do have two kids now that can compete with the D1 guys, which is Emilio and Caleb Larkin. Uh, but outside of them, I got to keep them around the, uh, their level of wrestling. And uh, we have a few kids coming up, and I think more junior college and AIA tournaments would be great.
0: Well, especially because the California JUCOs wrestle in the fall. So that could be perfect for the Super 32 buildup.
1: Yes, it will. I think we're going to – we're looking at two tournaments. I think there's one in Indiana that we did last year that was great. And I think uh, there's a journeyman tournament. I think it, it's going to fit our schedule. I think with those two, we should go to Super 32s. They're uh, well-prepared uh, to see what we need help on and what we can clean up before we go to the big show.
0: Nice. Yeah, those uh, journeyman is awesome. They're doing so many great events, and so you're you're coaching now. You know, on the on the cusp and just bringing up all these great guys. Let's go back to Maryville High School, early two thousands. How do you get introduced to Frank Sina's?
1: Okay, so and maybe I'll go back even a little further back because when I met Frank, I was in, I was in seventh grade. So I started wrestling at the school called the Apodillo. So middle school. And I did their, their first season, you know, two and a half months, and I fell in love with them. It. it was, it fit right into the kind of kid I was, uh, which was, you know, tough, love, you know, growing up with, you know, six siblings. What is one thing you do without getting in trouble, which is you wrestle, right? You can't just punch your brother. I mean, it happened a lot, but most of it was just wrestling around. And I have one brother one year above me, and I have, the Olympic chat right below me. So <laughs> we had no choice but to, to be tough, right? And wrestling it's a natural thing since the BCs, right? You, what's a natural thing in this old sport is wrestling. And to prove your manhood of how tough you are, you have to wrestle. So when I started at Pueblo, my first year wrestling, I did very well. Just, I didn't know much. I just not I to lose. And I did whatever it took. I throw the kids off, and I was mature for my age. My following year in seventh grade, I, uh, I started wrestling. Oh, I started the season again. Then there was uh, Coach Frank and I also have another coach named Richard. They had a program at Maryville High School, which is Maryville uh, Wrestling Club. And they, they saw me wrestle and they invited me to Maryville High School, which was about three to four miles away from where I lived. In. And when I met him, uh, Frank, uh, he brought us in and it took us to a whole other level of wrestling. And I think more than anything was the commitment that he had for kids uh, in the neighborhood. Uh, so Frank was the the, the the coach that did not let you fail, did not want you to work hard. His whole thing was like, you got to work hard. That was his mindset. And my other coach was this He was a technical coach. So it kind of worked good both hand in hand. That's when, that's when I first was really introduced to wrestling. And then right out of the gate, I mean, I was tough. And in Arizona, the wrestling's the that is Pennsylvania and Ohio. So for me, just starting off, I didn't lose very much. Until so Frank introduced us to going to national tournaments, regional tournaments. And that's where our wrestling just got a little better and better.
0: And when you were just getting into wrestling, what was your reality life? back on the home front.
1: I can repeat that. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Just like, what was your reality like outside of the wrestling room on the home front growing up? Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I grew up in uh, West Phoenix and um, like I said, we were, you know, single mother and we had there's six of us. And one thing that I grew up in apartments my whole life and I loved it. It was, it was like a good childhood. I thought we got to, as long as we within the parameters of the apartments. So we couldn't leave. We were free to move around. When it got <laughs> dark, we had to come home. And and it was uh like I see I had a lot of friends growing up, we always played basketball. You know, depending on the season, right? If it was basketball season, we would play basketball. And if it was baseball, we played baseball or football. So I was really active uh as a kid. We didn't have we didn't have very much, so we didn't have all the we didn't have, uh, I would say that it was Nintendo or Super Nintendos. And, and, uh, and if we ever did, we'd fight over the controller. And we didn't have it very long because it'd break or my mom would throw it away. <laughs> so we didn't have very much. All we had was each other. Um, so, you know, when wrestling came, came, I just fell in love with it. It was, you know, I, I don't say my childhood was rough, but you don't know any different. You know, when you go back and you think about it, you're like, "Wow, we do not want my kids to go through that." But I thought I had a great childhood. I mean, it taught me a bunch of valuable lessons. Um, and uh, but when wrestling came into my life, it really—I just fell in love. It's just like you fall in love with a girl for the first time, y'all. You could think about it day and night, day and night. I could not get enough of it. That would always be a practice, and I had a coach. That make sure I got there. When I did get to that point where I was like kind
0: of a little burnt out, he didn't let me quit. Wow, I've heard you say that your older brother was super influential in your life, along with those coaches. And you know, a lot of people in the wrestling world think Angel and Henry. You know, I didn't even know you had an older brother until I started the research for this. So, what kind of impact did he have on you growing up?
1: Well, he was um, just kind of the way we grew up. I mean, it was let me put it, am happy to explain It, it is, uh, like, so when you grow up, you know, mothers work in two jobs, right? So you kind of got to police yourself. And we also grew up Pentecostal. So we had the fear of the Lord, like, you know, other, right? so on top of your mom, you had the fear of your mother,
2: you also had the
1: fear of God. So we always police each other. So I'll give you an example with Henny, you know, and I even have a little bit of, of or, I don't say, I don't know what the word is, where we didn't have a, a a brother relationship. So what I mean by that is I had to police him. My mother was working. If he got in trouble, I got in trouble. If I allowed him to mess around and, and steal or, or or be a bully and I got back to my mom, I was getting it. And that's kind of <laughs> how we grew up, right? That was like... So I almost grew up as a father to Henry, almost like a stepfather. That it was bad. <laughs> I had a lot of regret for him, but maybe it made him who he is now. And same thing up down the ladder. My brother policed my sister, my sister policed my brother, my brother policed me, and we just kept going down. Which there is a lot of um, you know, things we have to talk about and you know as a family, but for the most part, my older brother was really the 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 foundation when my mom wasn't around, he was the one that started working, dropped out of high school at a young age, so now he had to take on the responsibility as a father, which kind of look at was it, really not fair to him either, but that's just the way life was, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you know, one of his first, you know, when he went to work, he I think he started with construction, and dishes, I can't really remember, but his first check, he went and bought me and my brothers and sisters shoes. Clothes. Make sure he took care of us, and I think he took on that role um, for a very, very long time. And uh, and like, so he took on that role as my mom was working. He took on that role as a father figure. And the same thing with my sister Gloria. When he was out to work and we were at home, she was in charge. So it was, it's kind of that. That was the the way we kind of grew up.
0: So how did the situation arise where you became Henry's legal guardian living in Colorado? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, so um, so I was, uh, when I was at Maryville High School, you know, I, was eight, I wrestled, I became a four-timer, but uh, I, had a, I had committed to ASU, but I knew I didn't have the grades and I didn't have the education to go to school, um, to go into Division One. I. I just know that even... To this day, I struggle with, uh, with a lot. I mean, I, I'm, my, the way you can judge me is by the knowledge and everything I have with wrestling. But when it came to school, I just, I just struggled my whole life with reading, with writing, with math, right? We moved so much as little kids that we never really had a stable home. So we always moved from school to school to school. I don't know how you can do it because I moved once and it cost me so much money. But my <laughs> mom, like, when you couldn't pay the rent, you got the eviction notice on the wall, it was time to move. So, we never had a, uh, an education. So, I knew once we got to the trip or uh, went to high school, I committed to ASU. I was ranked right number one in the country at one point, didn't have the grades. So, even I think they have it now, or maybe they had it then. They would always bring out one uh, high school athlete to the Olympic training center. Somehow, I was they knew somebody and they got me in there. Uh, to the train that after I graduated high school. So Henry's two years younger than me, uh, two grades younger than me. He's only a year and a half, I'm only a year and a half older. So he, in 2004, was the first time the women's were introduced, they introduced the, the wrestling to the uh, Olympic Games, women's game, women's wrestling to the Olympic Games. Henry, oh no, no, Sarah McMahon and Patricia Miranda, they showed up to Arizona. Maybe they had a couple of weeks off. I don't know how they ended up in Arizona. And we ended up in the same room.
0: Is this when Sergey was the coach for the women?
1: No, Sergey was the resident coach for the men's. But I think Steiner was the coach for the women's. But they showed up to Arizona. I think uh, Sergey Madden I think was going out with Steve Blackford. So they were able to go. They came down. So they ended up in the same wrestling room as we did. We were. And I wrestled with Sarah. Henry wrestled with Patricia. Well, Henry's a little kid, eight, uh, seven, or freshman. And he was really small, so he wrestled Patricia, and he or she loved him. Like, I need him for the Olympic Games. So they worked out a deal in the summertime. So Henry trained at the training center that summer with Patricia for the Olympic Games. So I think Henry made a splash while he was there because he was wrestling freestyle, the Greco, and the women's. So what happened was they found out who he was and who's this little kid running around? They're like, well, this is Henry. Right? His older brother will be come, attending the Olympic Training Center next year. So what happened was they were like, well, he needs to come in. So that's kind of how it happened with this. So I was already going and when they saw him, they're like, these are the, this is the kind of kid we are looking for, these type of kids. So as I was going, in order for him to go, I became his legal guardian. Um, and that wasn't even the, the battle. The battle was convincing my mother to, to let him go as a junior in high school. Wow. So how do you tell your mom, hey, I want to chase my dreams, but I have to go to Colorado. And I know I love wrestling, but I don't love it that much. And I would let my sophomore, my junior, and a kid in high school, like my son to leave. It's just I couldn't do it and it was a lot of convincing and, and I think it all worked out for the best man right? there's always God always has a plan I think it all worked out
0: wow I mean that is that's a huge step for someone that young I mean you're young enough to move away and then him coming as a junior so once you guys ultimately got up there where were you living at what was like your daily routine
1: uh, when we first got there, we we were in the dorms. Uh, that's where we were. In, well, more of the barracks. Um, they, the training center used to be, in, I think, an old Air Force base. So we were in the barracks uh, or in the dorms. I guess you would call them for that first year. And it was. Uh, I'm a homebody, um, and and I mean I could stay in the dorms and stay in my room. This is before cell phones or or Instagram, social media. I'm just a homebody, so it was. It wasn't too hard for me, but one thing that it was, was, you know, now we grew up like sleeping on on the floor on the same bed with four or five other kids in there. Now to see Henry, like he's, now he got a room down the hall. That was a little different. Now I'm like, Oh, wow. This is different for me. So that took a little adjustment. It didn't take very long, but that was something different.
0: You slept on the floor.
2: Well, growing up, you don't have
1: very much, you know, uh everyone had a blanket you grabbed one he grabbed one Was that's the way we did it man
0: make it happen and then what about the wrestling so like are you and henry like is he even going to the high school practice or is he only working out at the otc from that point on
1: so uh we had you know two practices a day or, or two on monday you know two on tuesday um so on so he would go to school in the morning. And sometimes, you know, and when we first got there, Sergei was the wrestling coach. He mm-hmm. was there for one year. So, yeah, Sergei was the coach. And, and I think what happened was that that summer when Henry trained Patricia, he told me the story, and maybe I'll have him tell, retell it to you, but the reason why they liked him was when Henry was wrestling, he didn't have a partner. So this, this older gentleman goes, I'll wrestle with you. And this older gentleman just beat the brakes off. You know, he's older, and Henry's trying to take him down, and this, this coach is laughing as he's beating him up. And uh, Henry was upset, and, and he didn't want to talk to anybody. And they asked him, they're like, what are you upset about? He goes, oh, this coach here, he beat me up. And he, not beat me up, but he just beat me in wrestling. And, and, and uh, he was almost coming into tears, and they're like, do you know who just wrestled? He goes, no, you're wrestling with Sergei Bellyboski. <laughs> the one the <laughs> so that's when, that's when sergey was like we need him here wow that's kind of how it
0: was i freaking love sergey Beoglaza. both him and Antonio have been on this podcast and they're. i mean it's funny because i would go out to the arizona state camp with tom ortiz was the coach during that time and one of the years um, like Jason Welch would come and stay in his parents' camper. And one of the years, the women's team was there and Sergey was a coach. And that's when I first learned about him. And it just went down the rabbit hole, watched the John Smith match, of course, on YouTube, and then, you know, became obsessed with Sergey. And so he started working with you guys. What was some of like the philosophy and things you picked, you picked up when working with Sergey?
1: Wow, well, um, everything that I do now as a coach, will could trace back to what Sergey's techniques are. Um, a lot of it is is um, what we picked up from him. I would always ask him questions. See, I knew I always wanted to coach since I was younger. I loved the technique. I would always ask questions. Maybe I would always ask questions. Maybe in back of my head, I knew that um, that I was going to coach. So I would ask him questions. The technique, the detail to let's just say a crotch, right? It's so it's so small. So when you, you know, he taught us a crotch, everyone was a crotch lift, right? I just think the Soviet system, they, they, they and I could be wrong, but I don't know, they teach everybody how to properly do things. It's, it's a profession. And here in the U.S., you know, we have to sign a waiver and we're now responsible for kids, right? So they make sure that your coaches know everything. So when he, as simple as a crotch lift, most crotch lifts are being thrown over the head this way, where surrogate takes you over the head over the head, that right there changes everything. And I think with every single one of his techniques, that's how it is. You know, those little small details, you know, fireman's carries, over, under. And I think for us, me and Henry, because we were so young, with Sergey, um, I think we could develop his technique because we are when you're younger, you're, you're kind of fearless, right? You, you go, if he goes, I like certainly would be in the middle of that. We come in, Oh, you know, maybe fireman's carry, maybe arm throw, maybe step over, And those are high throwing moves that we don't do in this country. Maybe because of the folks that rules to him, it's oh, maybe fireman's carry, like it's easy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we pick things up and I think the, the rest of the the guys there, they're a lot older. We have Bill Zadig. You had a bunch of older guys that he's going to teach us to fireman's carry. Well, good luck trying to throw, learn that on Bill Zaddick, right. you know. So the impact he's had with me when we got through his technique, plus I think his, you know, my lifts or step over throws, we do a lot of that with, at, at my, uh, my uh, at Valiant, but there, and I discuss this with other people. You know, when people will say, well, his circus techniques don't work, they're too high level. It's hard to teach that to somebody that's, that's gone through middle school, high school, college, senior level, and teach them to do a fire miscarriage, get to your feet and Right? Like, how am I going to do that in Bill or Jerry or Jerry Frick or Eric Barkin? But if you learn those at a very very young age, meaning developmental fifth sixth grade enough, that comes easy and I think that's what we're behind this country. that's just my opinion, but Sergey's technique is what I implement now, and Terry Brands followed up a year later, and that daddy completely changed everything
0: yeah, that's such an interesting perspective on you know, Sergey being the you know the- the, uh, the national coach and yeah like he's going to go through like his, uh, hyper, you know, high throwing moves and like Bill addict's not going to pick that up at that time in his career. It's just not going to happen. You know? So you could see that, that could be a conflict, but man, at the same time, it's like, you've got one of the best ever. And he's learned from the same coach his whole life, how to do it properly. And so he was a big details guy on technique. Yes.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I mean, you've been to the point where, uh, you know, like a chest lock, you know, as famous chest wrap uh, or chest lock, where you lock, you know, get your, hip, get your uh, lock to one side, pull, strong your hip, push. Just that itself it's, takes a long time to do, but there's a certain way of teaching it. Well, to most people, that's high level, but to them, that's just a fundamental basic move, I think. I mean, yeah. you can ask him more on that. <laughs>
0: Well, it's interesting. Like if you sit and watch people drill, it was at a tournament and he was watching people drill and he's just like pointing out how sloppy everything is. The drilling sloppy, everything's very loose. And he's just like, you know, he's just almost disgusted with it because he's such a perfectionist. And these guys are like legit NCAA all American guys, you know, but, uh, you know, that's just how he is. He's such a high standard for technique.
1: Oh no, for sure. And, and that's the biggest thing is like, you got to teach your kid how to wrestle, um, like for example, for us, well, I have kids in sixth grade, and I gotta make sure they do everything properly. And the, what I teach is like it may not work for you now, but I'm gonna make sure that when you shoot, your postures up, your heads up, your your hands are locked properly. Your, you know your trail leg, and we focus a lot on that because as they get older, they'll understand it, you know. And, and like Sergey, yeah, you know, his technique was was just out of the source Top, I mean, he can lock his hands,
0: his gut,
1: see him turn. Oh man, I really <laughs> still agree. I used to and he would he never wrestle you on his feet. You know, oh part quartet. And he always be the one on top. Oh, I remember, you know, first time wrestling live, like right here, he gets his lock on the same spot every time, every time. Just raw. You shower, I him, and you almost you're bleeding from it, just raw. And
2: and that's the thing, it's
1: like and when you talk about everything being loose, like His lock was right here. They didn't move anywhere else. It's not going to be here, 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 here. It's right here every time. And that's where, you know, his step over the way he turns his toe, drives posture up, you know, you stay high. I mean, this is what we're doing at Valiant. And I think, you know, it started to show a little bit more. But I think it was his as a technician. Now, if you want to talk about a coach, brands. When brands came in, like, so I, I, everything that I do is. Serving Terry Brand, Kevin Jackson. So Let's get into
0: the Terry stuff. What was the biggest impacts on Terry, from Terry?
1: Being on time. Right? That was the first thing we had was, uh, you know, you hear the rumors, right? You hear the rumors, oh, he's so tough, he's, he's mean. And, then uh, you know, I remember hearing a story and when, uh, when I was in Arizona. It was like, oh, he was... He was going to fight Larkin. He doesn't like Arizona guys,
2: you know, and and then you hear
1: those stories, you know, a year later, I'm like, now he's going to be my coach. So I had that, 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 oh, he's tough. He's like, he doesn't like Arizona guys, man. It was the, he to me personally is the best coach in the country. His commitment to his athletes, um, his detail where people think he's a brawler and and a tough and he's just going to be with conditioning as a coach, we had to do hips underneath, like so much posture, everything that I do, like when it comes to like keeping your posture was all brands. He's not, he's the one of the most technical coaches out there. Really? Yes. That's my opinion because I don't believe in technique is being, maybe that's just the brands in me, I guess. Uh, uh, be quick and fast, and, and it was more like getting to like staying in good posture and doing everything correct. So if you watch him drill, nothing's loose, everything's tight, head is always up. That's heavy to me. Um, maybe the, I guess it depends on how you do it. But one of the biggest things is you know when you, you first come to practice, Brands was our coach. Now Sergey had maybe he had just moved to Arizona. So when me and Henry came in 2004, a year later Sergey moved to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Harry becomes the next resident coach. And I remember, you know, when you first walk into practice, you're walking, you're putting your shoes on. It's already two practices at 2.45. You still got guys putting their shoes on, lacing, putting their shirt on, they walk in. And he didn't say nothing for the first two days. And then he addressed everybody. I was like, you're here 15 or 20 minutes with your shoes on sitting down waiting uh waiting ready to go because if you show up at 245 walking in that's no good you're not your mind wasn't ready to, to train and the other thing was like when you're in that room because we you know we loved MMA, and if there was a, a fight or boxing or we digging boxing you only talk wrestling wow we're talking about so but but it was it was something that, like, I try to, like, so I would say I model my coaching of Terry and Terry and Sergey's technique, uh, and brands' commitment to 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 wrestling. And he he's when you're his guy, you're his guy. If you're not on board, he's gonna, he's with. If you're there every day, he's with you. If you want, to, if if you leave, guess what? This is my guy. Now. <laughs> and that's what makes him a great coach. So He he
0: always holds, like, he never, like, moves the line. Like, even, like, I I slept in this morning 30 minutes. Like, I don't think Terry Brands has ever moved the line once in his life. Like, did you see that as a coach in terms of his, like, discipline and just daily commitment?
1: Oh, for sure. So, one of of the things that I remember, there was the wrestling named Michael Martinez. Actually, he got one of the, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. I think, uh, I don't know if it was a Hall of Fame, but I know he was there when Henry received his award. But Michael Martinez followed Terry to Chattanooga came back, right? So I know when something's on the schedule and the incline is a famous famous, uh, mountain and famous running in college streets. I remember we were it was scheduled and Terry had to go back to uh, Tennessee to pick up some stuff. So he said, hey, this is on the schedule and we're supposed to run it. Well, it's pouring rain. I mean, it's falling. Falling. (laughs) We, sh- we all meet in front of the OTC, and one of our, one of our uh, wrestlers, he kind of took the lead, right? And he said, hey, man, we're going to cancel. I remember Michael Martinez looking like, uh-uh. He's like, we need to go up. And we're like, no, no, it's too dangerous. He goes, you guys can stay. I'm going up. So even with it pouring down. Michael got in truck, drove himself, went all the way up and down. See, this is when he first showed up, so we didn't know, we don't know um, yet, like, what is as a coach, what kind of person is. You need after that, if it's on the schedule, you're going up. <laughs> and, and there was no excuses. And I remember him seeing us on Monday, and he has his little walk, pulling his shorts up, right? And he's just like, where do you he goes? We are mailman. Sun, rain, snow—we always work. And I'm like, whoa! And that's when you kind of knew your standard. Your standard. He, he set the standard so high that you had to do the but
0: That's when, like, you guys really became like professionals in the sense. It sounds like,
1: yeah, definitely. That, perfect. That's it. Yeah, that's when you knew. You, you, that's when you become professionals. Like I said, I mean, we had, and you were trained that way. After a while, you knew that was the mindset. I mean, it would be snow, blizzards. It was on the schedule. We are going up the incline. I mean, the <laughs> word we just got to do. And you don't know very much. I mean, I, I come from the desert, right? Cactuses and hundred and fifteen degrees out at night. It doesn't cool under hundred five. Like right? it's hot in the summertime. You don't know very much, you know. And, and once you get there, it's raining. It's snowing. We have to go up the incline. So I put on. Three sweaters and jackets, sweats. I'm going up and a couple, uh, a couple ways up and got hot. You have to take it all off, right? You right. they got worn sweater sweats. Go up, you get hot. So, um, and, and that's what you know. If it's we're going up, I do remember one time.
2: I mean, we had one
1: really bad blizzard, and Terry and they called Terry. because I not Terry. We're going up. The, the USA Wrestling called Terry. Said they cannot go up. It's too dangerous. <laughs> so that morning we show up to the training center, and he's like, "They didn't let us go up. Were we not. They're not going to stop us." So he made it. We went into the room. I wish we would have went up the incline. Ooh, the workout he
0: How bad? How bad? Oh man, it was a
1: Bulgarian bags, um, squat jumps. I mean, I, I remember for a couple of days we were so sore. And, and we were trying to drill. We're like, oh, we're just kind of just so short. So then he didn't say nothing. The very next day, he did the same workout that we, we got put through. And he said, I wanted to see if it was all you guys were talking about. So he came in the next morning, did the same workout. And coached coaches the same afternoon or that afternoon that morning. And he was like, I did. It. And I'm like, wow, this is a
0: leader here. Wow, dude. Lead by example at the ultimate. Oh my God. It's interesting though, because I've heard you talk now about your philosophy. And like, for example, you think that like that whole philosophy of like kind of grinding, grinding is maybe not the best way. And like, for example, like when Henry was training for Mighty Mouse too, you thought he was under training, but he was really using the science. And I've heard you say, Kale seems to be a master and not over so do you think you guys were over or is it, is no, I like giving no,
1: I mean it was on the schedule because i mean I think so here's the thing. I was me and Henry were young, right so we we didn't we skipped the college level, but I think a lot of these other guys like the Bill Zadik and Mohammmed wall, we had Jared Freer, Sean Bunch. they had already went to the college grind, right, so I don't think it was the college grind, but that, that, uh, that we went through, it, to me, it was tough because not of the, the, the intensity, it was more the partner that you had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've gone to harder practices at our school because that was the mindset, right? Your coach group in the 80s. Who was a coach? Who was the most dominant coach in the 80s? Dan Gable. So that mindset, like I went through that and in the summertime. I think it was more the training partner. So if I wanted to wrestle, I would have to go with Bill Zachary. He was mainly my main training partner. And a lot of you know, I got really good because of Bill. If I if you wanted an easy day, if I wanted an easy day, or something this may sound crazy, I was gonna grab my brother. Oof. Lordy, Lordy. Yeah, not, I would have to grab uh Jared Freyer. I mean it was like
0: as a high school or just like basically just out of high school.
1: Crazy. Yeah,
0: right, So And the craziest part about all this is that as you're going through it at the age you should, your brother's going through it as a really young guy. And he's just getting, like, forged in the fire. So, like, were you at Fargo some of those years where Henry went out there and, like, teched Mike Gray and pinned Franklin Gomez? And, like, just people were slack-jawed at what was happening. They couldn't believe it.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, let me see, that was his junior year. So I think he did not not go to Fargo, but he was making the junior world teams.
0: Okay, maybe that and was it. And had
1: won the Open in high school. I think that, yeah, Henry won the Open in high school his senior year. I think it was just the, the, the level of commitment. Like Henry and, and Terry had this fun. Even so, if we had two practices a day, right, we are on schedule at 8 o'clock and 2.45. Before Henry went to school, Brian was with him in the morning, working Now, I don't say every every day, but I know that was a big thing. And and to have that high level coaching at a very young age, you saw the results. Um, With Henry, and I think with um, Kyle Snyder, they get high level coaching at a younger age. And I think they're unique. I mean, they are special what they do. And I think it was through all their hard work growing up. But yeah, I mean, it was Terry, was, I could say he's the best coaching.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And I've heard you say that, uh, like in terms of training, Henry would turn over every stone and that you've had in your earlier years, some regret that you didn't do that. Um, and that now as a coach, you're putting all your effort into coaching and turning over every stone. I love the part of your career though, after you joined WCAP and, and we're done with uh, the army, you are basically kind of like looking for something to do in Colorado and you become a demolition worker, right? Working on a demo crew. And had to move back to Arizona and restart. Could you just kind of talk through that period of your life and how you got over some of the, like the guilt from not wrestling to what you thought you could and to where you're at now as a coach?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So like I said, I always knew I wanted to be a coach. I loved it. I mean, when I was younger, even in high school, me and Henry would be, you know, we train and then you have the little kids that look up to you mm-hmm. and they would ask me a question after practice, hey, how do you do this? And I would show them the dad, And they would ask Henry, and Henry's like, don't bug me right now. I'm not done. So that was like <laughs> Henry's mindset was just different. Where I'm oh yeah, I would take my time, and Henry would now work with you until he was done. Like let me get. So he's always had that mindset. And I think for for me, when you know watching Henry, you know, and even myself, sometimes you know, and this is this happens to a lot, and this is what I wanna try to prevent my wrestlers to look the same is, You know you you. You want to live up to everybody's expectations, and and and, you know you train and you say you truly want to be a Olympic champ, but your actions aren't showing. Right? Are you're not doing the right things? You're not you're not eating the right foods. You're not getting the right rest. And and I could say that I was at wrestling. Now when I was in the wrestling room, I worked my my butt off and I worked hard. And if you ask anybody, I was probably the most technical guy in that one of the most technical guys in that room. You know. Drilling wise and learning because I love technique. I just, I, there was something about learning wrestling moves and why things work but I would watch him, he, he built a routine and he'd his push-ups, so his sit-ups and even you would watch him do his little yoga poses and do all a bunch of stuff like that. I would be done, go to sauna, go to the cafeteria, come back out and you're still going at it. And I think that was like he made a goal and he wanted to finish. Where I, I didn't know what I wanted in my life, but I was just sticking around because I didn't want to – I didn't call this like the real world, right? We stay, we want to stay in the wrestling world because we don't want to face the real world, which is your job. Um, just go back and start paying bills. And, and, and people, when you're done wrestling, it's hard because this is all you've done. I, since I was 11 years old, so I was about 25. But I knew I was done wrestling. I didn't have that drive. If you're not gonna be at it 100%, you're always gonna fall short. I don't care. Like Henry can start training now, this is how and do very well at the open. But if it's not his priority, you're always gonna fall short. Watching Henry go through, you know, the Olympic Games. I mean, what he did. I mean, the guy was basically imprisoned and stuff. He was in his room, training in the morning, back in his room training again. And I was, you know, I wasn't willing to go through that. So I knew it was time for me to stop.
0: He was that obsessive about it though when he was in uh, that peak.
1: Even to this point, like I, I, you know, with this fighting, with this, even when he comes into my room, if he sees a kid not focused like what he thinks, it's like he doesn't want to win. Why is he even in here? It's a privilege. And I'm like, calm down. I don't know how you can do this. He starts flipping out. I'm like, hey. He's going to get it. I would rather see him in my room and watch him see everybody else around him when it's contagious, right? As long as I have enough people in my wrestling room driven, the rest will follow. Now, if it was the opposite, then, yeah, I would have to start bleeding people out because I don't want that. So I think I put wrestling on a pedestal. And like I told you earlier, I, I had a hard time in school you know you're not growing up with the with the father, you know, your mother's uh working two jobs. And what is a couple of things that you know you learn from, you know, I think the father is is the pillar of a household, right? You know, there's statistics out there that can that can can say that. And I didn't know that now I'm not gonna you know that my age was, you know, you learn how to change a tire, change oil, you know, be a man, get up, do yard work. I never had anybody tell me that. All I had to do was stay out of trouble and wrestle. Because my brother didn't also have a father. So I don't believe a mother can, can um, raise, no, uh, raise a man. Only a man can raise a man. Um, so a lot of those flaws that I had now as an adult, you know, it, it stayed with me for a while. for you know, Up until a couple of years ago. When I stopped wrestling, I had nowhere to I had I had no skill, I had no trade, I didn't know how to carpentry, ironwork, I had plumbing skills. My life was wrestling. So I think when I got done, I didn't know what to do. And I think even a janitorial job was offered to me, and I'm like, I'm too good for it. And I would not take it. Eventually a buddy of mine um, he said, hey, you're looking for work. I'm like, yeah, it was "This demo. So demolition sounds tough and manly. I'll do it. Started working, working my way up the company. and You know, you, know you, you have that work ethic as a wrestler. I moved up the company really fast. So, but here's what you're doing now. You went from being at the Olympic Games in China, going to uh, Lithuania, France to sweeping up floors and picking up drywall and, and and insulation is some of the worst stuff. You can breathe it in and it's all over you. You're itchy all day. So when I had to do that, I was, I have always stopped. You know, I was like, I know I'm better than this. And uh, I could thank uh, one of uh, the workers, his name was John Waisaki He would always see me and go, so, what are you doing here man get the heck out of here stop doing this job because you're going to be 50 years old and you're going to still be doing this he would tell me this almost every morning because I don't want to see you here in a year from now a year came by I was still there yeah and it was like he was licking my arms I like could barely hit like, but when that happened I was like, I knew I was better than this. Well, I don't say I'm better because that's that's honest living. But I go from being with Sergey, Terry, um, all these great men, all these great people, Kevin Jackson. I mean, I got to travel the world. In demolition, no skills are required. So most of the people that I worked with were ex comics so, well, the cool about it, you got to hear a lot of stories, but I'm <laughs> like, wow, you know, ex-comics. One of, one of the guys that I was with did five years for attempted murder. One did 15 for attempted murder. The other one was in there for, for uh, drugs. And, and you start hearing all these stories. And I'm like, I can't do this. Um, but you got to do what you have to do to make a living. And I think that was the whole point of why I'm so passionate. I don't want to say passion, I'm so driven to when I say coach is really not to put wrestling on a pedestal, but to to get these kids going to college. And I will never even if you go to college, you'll never the one to find you, but just giving them a better opportunity. I think that's what really drives me. And I think a lot of it is is regret. I have so much regret in my heart that it took me so long to get rid of it. And I think I was looking for something different, which was, you know, I told myself, I'm going to be the best coach. Being the best wrestler was in the path for me. I think, you know, maybe my path or was coaching this whole time. And that's why I put so much effort into it.
0: How did you finally get past that? And I mean, no one's ever passed it, but like, how did you move from kind of letting it define you to moving, moving a little bit past the guilt?
1: Yeah. I, I think maybe finding a different goal, um, which was, I remember reading a book. I can't remember exactly what it was. And I remember the way I was able to kind of get rid of it in my head, because I'm telling you, it's it's, uh, regret. It's not a good thing, you know. Um, You know, there was times that I wouldn't want to go back to Arizona because I was ashamed that I didn't live up to everyone's expectations. You know, like, there was a lot of times, hey, we're going to go to, uh, I don't want to back for a certain event. I don't think I could face the people around me. Um, really? I, I, I think, yeah, it was.
0: So that's, like, years after, like, 2012 on, you just couldn't even go back? You were just.
1: Yeah, it was a little, even throughout, like, even throughout the, uh, the years that I did wrestle and compete, because I knew I wasn't doing the right things. So I know my first years in Colorado, we'd go, I'd go back. And then little by little I stopped going back home. So I just don't want like any any one of my wrestlers to ever live that uh the feeling of regret. And I think for me it was like, what got I don't know if I had read a book or it was a message or or uh, you know, going to church. I can't remember which one it was, and it was to the sense where I remember thinking, you know, God's plans are a little different for everybody. And maybe my calling was to be a coach. And I think that was the only way that I was able to let it go. Cause I know a lot of people now, and I know this for a fact, when people get done wrestling,
0: they don't know
1: what to do with their lives. Facts, man. Wow. Yeah. I just like yeah. right. You yeah. don't think
0: of well, and what I was I um, I couldn't think of it earlier, but another interview you had said the book that you read was called The Game of Life.
1: Oh yeah, that's right
0: yeah and so I was like I was couldn't wait for you to tell that story because I was like man that is like that is deep and like for you to come to that and then finally move back home to Arizona is uh is just a cool way to like it's like this journey's complete now right you've learned your lessons and now you're giving back to the community
1: yeah for sure it was the game of life and I think in that book it was a past it was a story I think there was a, a girl that wanted a certain man like she wanted to marry let's just say Joe and And it was like, everything that she wanted was him. It's not like she wanted uh, uh, anybody else. She wanted this guy. And I think later, I think God showed her, like, look, maybe this isn't the right man, but God will put the right man in front of you. I think for me, it's like, that's the way I was able to get rid of him. Maybe wrestling wasn't my path. Maybe God had a better and bigger, bigger plans for me. And that's when I was able to let it go. And move on and it took me even now i struggle with a lot of it. a lot you've never you're never done it. it's never you know there's always a what if but i've done a better job of letting that whole part of my life go and it's not like i did a lot of it. i wasn't a drug addict an alcoholic it was the fact that i accomplished um my goals or what i set out and maybe it's everybody else's expectation maybe they weren't mine.
0: did seeing henry do it make it easier or harder for you
1: See Henry do it? No, yeah, it was uh, it was, I mean, like with Henry's success, I mean, that's kind of, I live almost through that. And, and maybe a little bit of me has the fact that a little bit in me is just like to stay on top is really really the toughest thing to do, right? And I think I knew when Henry started surpassing my, my credentials, I was kind of like, here's the torch, pass it on, and you be the guy, you carry the weight now. And I don't think I could have carried the weight like he did. So I did live through him. I love the fact that it was no longer on me.
2: Anymore. Yeah, growing
1: you know, up, I, I was the one, I was the one, I was the one. And I think when he started to surpass me for prevention, I'm like, here's the torch. You take it and run with it. I don't want it, I don't want it anymore. And I think that was maybe the wrong mindset me where I wish I could have done things different, but there's another path for me.
0: Definitely. And uh you I could tell you and I could talk for about three hours, but I have to jump in 10. But I got a couple of rapid fire questions I gotta get get your thoughts on, my friend. Yes. All right, perfect. First one is I've heard you say in the past, your goal as a coach is to save kids from their parents. I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but if if the general message is true, what do you mean by that?
1: Okay, so when you when wrestling's tough already, I don't care what uh where you come from. Whether you come from a place where I came from or you come from a well-off family, if you're in a wrestling room, you're tough. Like you, you are you are tough. What happens is most parents want to live for their kids. And and when you put that that burden on them, um, you get the results that you get from me. And my mom wasn't you know that much in my life about it, make everyone else's expectations of winning. You got to make sure that it's their goals. And, and my goals protect them from their pain. Not, not in a bad way. It's just like, hey, when you come to me, let me handle it. You be, you be a parent and supportive, and let me handle their skills. I've done, I mean, I feel like I don't have college education, but I do have a degree in the sports science of wrestling. I mean, if you look at my background with the coaches that I've been under, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I feel like I know what I'm doing I don't have all the answers because we're always failing and getting better, but if I can protect them and keep them in my room and let them grow. See, most parents wanted them to win now. I wanted things to come organically. So a 10-year-old should not be doing the same workload as uh, my 17-year-old, my juniors. A 10-year-old should be working on reaction drills, not lifting weights. I mean, you're going to, I mean, a, According to their bodies, are still growing; their joints are still being developed. You start to put weight on them. Doesn't no good. But if we do reaction drills, tumbling makes them a better wrestler. So keep them, protect them from their parents in the way that teach the parents how to be supportive and let me let the professionals do their work.
0: (laughs) Perfect. And I also heard that you were big on holding your kids out of wrestling until like 11, 12, would you do the same thing again now that you've you know, had them go through that? Or would you start them earlier?
1: Um, no, I think like my son just started. He was uh, 12 years old I first. started. He had long hair. If you look at him, he used to have long hair. And, and he would come in the room. But here, here's the other thing. The events that I had with my, my kid, I'm not big into video games. He was always in the wrestling room jumping, uh, doing cartwheels, doing flips out on his own. Um, so I was able to hold him back up until this year. And, and I think for me, because I'm not very uh, we're not competitive uh, for, for him to win. I want him to learn how to lose and take losses and, and not make it such a big deal um, about losing because that's part of life. right? Uh, with him I started him a year ago, and he didn't even wrestle in the state tournament. I had him in a few competitions. And when I tell parents, I wouldn't then do the same thing, or my son didn't compete very much because I don't believe in him competing so much. Why? Um, if I had wanted him to win, I would have to teach him a power hat, legs in. You know what it does to a kid's joints at that age? Their joints are being developed. Why would I teach a power hat, make this shoulder come to this side at age six years old? Right. I want, him, I want him to grow. So, to answer your question, there's a little bit of me that would have loved to see him just throw him out there in the mat for those memories of just to see him wrestle in a small singlet. <laughs> maybe just throw him out there just to uh, have fun with it and laugh about it. But maybe, maybe they just said, I wouldn't start him off in the other room.
0: Well, it's cool because now at Valiant, you have, instead of having like high school rigidly defined, you guys have like an open canvas for what you can do with high school. And you can kind of treat those years as, as the years of fun and developing. Like you would, most people do it in middle school. And like, that's like parents' best memories is traveling with their kids in middle school. And then high school gets a little more serious than college. Most kids stop, but, um, you'll have like the high school years as those years. If, if things continue, um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, I uh, like I said, I used to come to the Arizona State camps. Eric Larkin was the Hodge winner, was the man, unbelievable. What have you learned from working with him over the past couple of years?
1: Oh, just wrestling wise, I mean, he runs our top bottom when it comes to to uh, to wrestling. You know, I, and here's I was a freestyle right, so I wrestled at the highest level in folk style in high school in Arizona. We're not very strong in Arizona. But there was another level of Folkstar wrestling. I used to say, I hate your Folkstar. Oh, Folkstar sucks. Folkstar sucks. But I think it was being ignorant, not knowing. Instead of learning it, you just say, oh, it's not good. Freestyle's the best. Man, I have eight. with being around him, I have a whole other love for the sport of Folkstar. Now I'm like, I'm obsessed with learning. So it's Really? you learned
0: out. that much just from the top-bottom game with him?
1: Yeah. Top, bottom line, everything. This guy was amazing. Um, his, his, just, uh, you know, one thing I do is how much he loves, like, what he does. Like, he, he's so, he loves wrestling so much that, I mean, he started school. You know, his passion for wrestling. And me, I used to be really like, uh, like Larkin, you know, sometimes he has to bounce me off because I used to want to help the world. Like, oh, I want to help the world. Now I'm like, if you're not on board with what we're doing, you know, I don't need you around. And he kind of balanced me off where, no, we got to help everybody. And I think that that, that about him, that his heart that he has for what he does. I mean, now I could give an example of last week, but maybe I'll let it out another time. But um, he, puts a, he, he puts other people ahead of him, and even sometimes his family.
0: Wow. And I, I'd be remiss without giving a shout out to the Douglas brothers. Harvey Twister legends down there with you guys as well. And uh it's just cool to see you you guys all come together at valiant prep. I just I gotta get down there and spend some time with you guys and shoot a little film or a little story on it because it's just amazing that it's all kind of come together and all these different worlds are melding. It's awesome.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, Mike, but Mike and Eric and Mr. Pollock, their their vision for the school was, you know, it was hard to kind of, I don't want to get on board. When they told me this is what they wanted to do, I was thinking, ah, we could do it differently. We could just join clubs of like American, Mike, and they're like, this is going to be different.'" And most people, me, even you, me and you talking about this right now, uh, you won't understand until you come and you see what you are doing. Yeah, I, I, I believe in order for us to come close to competing against the best country in the world in wrestling, which is Russia, we need to. Multiply this, what we're doing at Valiant, a hundred times. Um, that's the only way we're going to ever come close. And maybe we'll never catch them. Maybe we might sneak in and beat them at the Worlds one year, which we've done in the past. But to be consistently fighting battle year after year, we need to be, we need Valiant all over the country. Yeah. Uh, we have, I was just talking about somebody, uh, with somebody about, uh, the age group of our, our senior guys. Burrows is up in his 30s. Dake's up in his close, to the, I think he's in his thirties. Um Taylor's Gilmore's getting up there. 29. We're old. Once these guys leave, can we still compete with Russia? I don't know. I don't either. Oh um, no.
0: I was just telling someone that I go, man, after 2024, we're gonna see a total revolution of the team.
1: Yeah, yes. And I think And I think, like, I think, uh, what's his name, Uh, James Green, just got the new job at at US Wrestling as development coach. I would love to work with James Green, and and I mean, I don't, I've been coaching for a while, but I think he's in a unique position to change this country and the way we do things. And I think we're the model for it now. Um, But it's it's not going to put it this way without offending anybody. But when they started the, the live your dream, you know, $250,000 for Olympic gold medal, that's an incentive. That was an awesome thing. And I never understood it. And I remember Terry saying, we're like, oh, 250000 Oh, my God. That's going to wake us up even earlier. His whole mindset was like, so you're telling me that if somebody gave you more money, you're going to work harder. You should already want to work harder. and win.
0: No question, man. I And like if you look at that, again, going back to the Russian system, a lot of those dudes will have the same coach all the way through, and they're not transitioning over, learning new styles. So I got to run, man. I'm so sorry to cut cut you off, but it's been a pleasure, Angel Cejudo. Thank you so much for coming on, my friend.
1: Man, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life. This episode was brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a food supplement that you – Take a scoop of it, add it to a glass of water, mix it up, and with that, you have your daily supply of minerals, vitamins, your superfoods covered, so it saves me the hassle of taking a bunch of vitamins, and it tastes delicious. And now that they're a sponsor of this podcast, you can get a one-year supply of vitamin D drops along with five free travel packs if you go to athleticgreens.com WCML. That's athleticgreens.com WCML. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life.